2: I'm gonna make this place your home
3: Good morning You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560 FM 97.7 KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com with your host Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades during which time she's successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. Call her at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her team will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And a big good morning to you, Lori.
2: Good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing?
3: I am doing excellent.
2: So, did you go to the Kern County Fair?
3: We did. We did. I took my ten-year-old son. Oh, um, great! Right. Yeah, it was awesome. It was kind. Of, it was still kind of hot, but we've had some nice, cool days in between. I know. But of course, we picked one of the hotter days. To well, go. isn't that
2: always the case? <laughs>
3: always the case. And and I know I've learned this. I'm, I bring the uh, SPF seventy, mm-hmm. and I spray everywhere. Absolutely. Everywhere. I hate being sunburned, and. Um I did not go to the ATM at the fair. Oh very
2: good. I'm impressed.
3: I set a budget. And I said <laughs> son. This, is, this it? is our budget.
2: We're staying with it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my goodness. And oh. and uh, we did not win a goldfish that oh
2: i'm so sorry
3: sadly well they never last we had one that lasted about about six months wow that's
2: actually a long time for a goldfish
3: but you know what it's the fair you gotta go
2: absolutely you
3: have to check it out you know what tell me about your experience about the food (laughs) i (laughs) want to hear your experience well
2: you know my husband and i went this year and i gotta tell you i always look forward to stopping by the bass club booth to grab a lamb dip sandwich But I was really sad this year to see that they weren't there. Mm. For me, um, it's a Kern County tradition, and I really hope they return next year. Um, One of my staff member's children shows pigs at the fair each year, Mm. so we always like to pop by the livestock area as well. Um, I'm all about the fried Oreos, Mm. the fried everything. Anything on Mm -hmm. a stick that you can fry, (laughs) I I think that, you know, golly – It it sure beats sticking to that diet, right?
3: A A is another cheat day for me, so (laughs) nothing out of the ordinary.
2: (laughs) And, you know, I think here in Kern County, people either love the fair or they hate it. Um, For me personally, I think it's a fun annual event.
3: You got to do it. But I constantly hear it negatively impacts local companies, too. And it actually slows down businesses. People either right before the fair or during, people are saving their money for the fair Right. And going to the fair instead of going to other places. I mean, do you guys feel that experience over the McCarty Group?
2: Well, you know, interestingly enough, you would think that the fair really only impacts those businesses that um, rely on disposable income. Not so much the large ticket items such as housing. Um, but sometimes we actually do see a dip in activity uh, around the time of the fair. And I hmm. think that's mainly due to the large participation of our community in the event itself, right? So mm, okay. if you're participating in the fair, you're not going out and looking at houses, right? True. Um, now, this year, that hasn't been the case. Um, the market's still holding strong. Homes are still selling for above listing price. We're generating multiple offers if you're priced right. And we're selling in relatively short time frames. again, if the home is
3: positioned well. That's actually really good to hear. Yeah, that's a I good think thing so. too. So um, now it sounds like it still is a good time to sell too. Absolutely. Huh? All right. All right. Well, great. Hey, well, we have our guest on the phone. Uh huh. Let's get them on here and introduce them. Okay.
2: Okay. You bet. Um, so today we're going to be talking all about house plants, how to style them in your home, caring for them so they thrive, um, which plants are going to be right for your house, and so much more. We're honored to have Chris Botts, who's the owner of a local business called Spriggs Plant Company. He's an expert on all things houseplants, and we can't wait for him to share his expertise with with us. Mm -hmm. However, before we dive into that fun topic, I want to talk a little bit about some real estate news. I think it's really important for us to discuss the winding down of the forbearance program. We're starting to see Sellers who are wanting to sell their properties, who have participated in the forbearance program, or clients who are wanting to refinance. And I think it's important to understand some of the guidelines associated with these forbearance programs. So September 30th was the deadline for a homeowner to request an initial forbearance on their property, which would generally last anywhere from three to six months. If you needed more time to recover financially, you could have requested an extension. And for most loans, that forbearance could be extended up to 12 months, although some loans might be eligible for up to 18 months of forbearance, depending on when that initial forbearance started. Also, if your mortgage is backed by Fannie Mae or by Freddie Mac, then you can request up to two additional three-month extensions for a maximum of 18 months of total forbearance. But to be eligible, you must have been in an active forbearance plan as of February 28th of 2021. Now, if your mortgage is backed by HUD, FHA, USDA, or VA, then you can request up to two additional three-month extensions for a maximum of 18 months of total forbearance. But to qualify, you must have requested an initial forbearance plan on or before June 30th of 2020. And not all borrowers are going to qualify for the maximum length of extension. So this is when I want to remind homeowners It is so important to know the details of your mortgage. What type of loan do you have? Is it backed by HUD or FHA? Is it a VA home loan? What is your interest rate? What do you currently owe on the property? If you do have a forbearance, what are the terms? When will your payments resume? Do you have the option to extend your forbearance? And if you don't know the answers to these questions, you're going to want to start with your mortgage servicer. That's the company that you send your monthly mortgage payment to. It's really better to know all of the details than to be floundering in the dark. Honestly, this is your biggest investment, so let's be knowledgeable about where your money is going each month. Okay, so let me step off my soapbox a little bit there. Um, Now, after your forbearance plans in, you're going to typically have several options for repayment. Please remember that forbearance is not loan forgiveness. We run into this all the time because people will call into their mortgage servicer and say, do I owe this money? And their servicer will say, no, you don't owe it, meaning... You don't owe it today.
3: <laughs> be careful.
2: Right. But you will owe it at the end, right? So you've got to be mm. careful. You need to know the terms. You will still owe the principal and the interest that you didn't pay during the forbearance period, but you might not owe it on a monthly payment basis. So here are the options that your mortgage servicer will generally offer you. They'll offer you, number one, full repayment, which is a one-time lump sum payment. It's possible to pay back all the mispayments at once, but lenders are not allowed to require you to do this. Okay. Because think about it, if you couldn't make your payments due to a financial hardship, what's the reality that you're going to be able to accumulate all those missed payments? and make one lump sum payment
3: to pay Highly it unlikely. Exactly. Yes. That's why they're not allowed to require mm-hmm. you to do that. Okay.
2: The second option, you could make intermittent payments, meaning you repay the missed amount over anywhere from three to 12 months on top of your regular monthly mortgage payments. Again, that might be hard to do.
3: Mm-hmm, that's almost like two payments.
2: Exactly.
3: In a month, okay.
2: Number three, they could lengthen your loan term and pay off the missed amount at the end of the extended loan term via additional mortgage payments. Or number four, there could be payment deferral. So this option lets you pay off the missed amount when the home is sold or refinanced or at the end of the loan term. And that is one that we find is the most common option. Or number five, you could pursue a loan modification. This would usually include a lower interest rate, a reduced length of the loan, or a reduced monthly payment. This is going to be something that typically occurs if your hardship was severe, short-lived, and now you have a bright outlook, but one that doesn't allow you to resume those standard payments that you were making in the past. Mm. If you're struggling with your payments, mortgage servicers are generally required to discuss relief options with you, regardless of whether or not your loan is federally backed. So please reach out to your mortgage company and find out what your options are.
3: Right, and I just think, just on a, on another level, it's like nobody wants to be in that position. No, to be you don't want to, because yeah, you said this. This is your biggest asset, probably of your lifetime, and uh, you know that interest is going to accumulate. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to pay it back. Right. Um. So just just kind of note that in the back of your head. Hey, look, this is somewhere somehow along the line, the mortgage companies are going to get paid. Exactly. Is the bottom line. So so. Yeah. That's very, very intelligent. Be aware of everything going on. And at the end of the day, you're responsible for it. So, you know, handle it. So, but it is good to hear that those who have elected to enter into this forbearance, they do have options when we're paying those missed payments because I feel like it's almost just you talking about it. gives me a little anxiety.
2: I know. (laughs) know. I know. It gives everybody anxiety, honestly. Um, Anytime we talk about mortgages, um, even just applying for a loan, it's as if somebody is sitting in judgment on us. Mm. And that just gives us as as individuals, as humans, uh, a little bit of anxiety. But we have to recognize that the mortgagor is just doing what they can to help preserve their interest and their right in the property while Mm. trying to be as understanding of the situation as possible.
3: Mm -hmm. So when you hear people say that they don't have to make up those missed payments, remember, that's incorrect. Correct. Right? Right. Those
2: missed payments are not being forgiven. And I strongly encourage all homeowners that elected to enter into a forbearance to reach out to their mortgage servicer, their mortgage company, so that they know with certainty where they stand now. Okay? Okay. Now, I know that's an awful lot of information to digest, and I also know that that's not a fun and upbeat topic to talk about. So I'm sure our listeners could use a little bit of a break so they can go warm up their coffee or grab a quick bite to eat. And when we come back, we'll bring Chris Botts in of Spriggs Plant Company, and we'll lighten the tone by talking about the joy and beauty houseplants can bring to your home.
3: Excellent. Excellent.
2: You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors. Here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com.
3: And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Request an in-person tour Find out the value of your home and see the McCarty Group's success stories. Ranked number eight in North America for Coldwell Banker and the only local to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's top 100 agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR.
1: Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM. Now that's smart.
3: And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of The McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on knzr.com. And if you're thinking about selling but need to make some renovations first, you'll want to contact Lori to find out about her amazing new program designed to help sellers get their home ready to sell. It's called the McCarty Line of Convenience, or... MLOC. This program allows sellers to tap into up to $10,000 for renovations and repairs. There's no interest or fees associated with the MLOC. It's simply paid back at the close of escrow. Call 661 665 SOLD. That's 661 665 7653 to see if you qualify for this exclusive new program designed to help maximize your selling price. And now, if you're just tuning in, we're just getting ready to introduce today's guest. Chris Botts, owner of Spriggs Plant Company.
2: So, Chris, for those of our listeners that don't know you, could you introduce yourself to us?
4: Sure. My name is Chris Botts. I uh, have a Bachelor's of Science in Horticulture, and I run Spriggs Plant Company in Oleander. With this business, I pretty much eat and breed plants, so plants are my life right now.
2: That sounds exciting. How did you develop this love and this interest in plants?
4: I always had an interest in plants. And and as a child, I used to pick up a Dracaena or or something whenever I would go with my dad to Home Depot. I didn't quite realize how much of an interest I had in plants until my brother and and other family members would drop hints like, Hey, have you ever thought about being a plant doctor? Um, I took their hints. Finally, studied plants in school, and at that point, it was it was a full full fledged passion.
2: That's great. So, <clears throat> if I remember right, I believe you graduated from Oregon State. Is that correct? That's correct. So, what inspired you to open Spriggs Plant Company here in Bakersfield?
4: Well, I was born and raised in Bakersfield, okay. so a big part of that is coming back to my community and my family. But Bakersfield, I think, is a, a place full of opportunities, um, and it's a place where someone can turn a passion into a business without needing business loans and a large amount of capital.
2: I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, obviously, it's, it's where I have um, found my passion. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about Spriggs Plant Company.
4: Yeah, we're a plant store. We specialize in house plants. And then we also carry aquatic plants, a few succulents, um, some uncommon plants that will work on a shaded patio. Um, but but we do specialize in house plants and our goal with that is to be able to provide a selection beyond the typical selection of house plants you would find at a florist or at, at a box store.
2: Expand on that a little bit for me. What do you love the most about indoor plants?
4: Indoor plants, they bring the outdoors in. Mm-hmm. I think in Way, Okay. Um, We spend so much of our time indoors, whether that's doing work, living daily life, spending time with our friends and family. We do so much of that indoors. So houseplants enable us to bring the outdoors in and to make that connection with nature without needing to be outside. And
2: do you have plants that are in all different sizes from, you know, teeny tiny up to great big?
4: Yes, we do. I particularly have a soft spot for for small plants. I love to start with something small and watch it grow over the years. But we do have some some medium-sized stuff, some larger stuff that'll work as a floor plant and instant gratification. We have some stuff that works good as a hanging plant um, or on a shelf, a, a good variety.
2: Yeah, because for me I'm all about the instant gratification. You know. I, I see the the spot You're that not the needs only some, one. It's, right.
4: it's nice to just see it there.
2: <laughs> right. I'm about the, the bare spot that needs to be filled and okay, I need something right there, right now, you know. It'll grow over time, I get it, but you know, I'm also much older than you, so you know, I don't have all the time in the world to watch it
4: nourish and grow, right? <laughs> Um, right.
2: So have you noticed any trends in houseplants over the years?
4: Most recently, the last couple of years, I've noticed that the overarching trend is to bring in like a, obscure plants. There there was a pretty standard market selection of house plants that we've had for the last few decades. Mm-hmm. And the last couple of years, it's been about bringing in new stuff from new places. A lot of these are international imports and, and it's about people discovering these, these plants and these species that are related to the common plants we've always had, but they're a little bit different.
2: Okay. Uh, that sounds interesting. I noticed as I was looking at your website, which for our listeners, tell them what that is.
4: Our website is sprigsplantco.com. And as you mentioned, you'll see a selection of what we have in store on there or on our Instagram if you just kind kind of want to browse and see what's out there.
2: Yeah, I was I was noticing as I was was looking uh, in preparation for today's show that yes, there were quite a few that I I noticed and recognized their names, um, very familiar with them, and then there, there were others that I was like, "What the heck is that? I've never heard of that. I've never <laughs> seen that before." So those must be those those species that are the unique and um, and unusual that are that you're speaking of,
4: right? And a lot of them are closely related to to those common ones that most people are familiar with. And I think that's really nice because they have similar kind of care conditions. If you are fond of, of one particular common plant, I could probably introduce you to five uncommon ones that are so closely related that you'll do just fine with them. But they're they're a little different.
2: Give me an example of that if you don't
4: mind. Sure. Well one particular group of plants I really like is FICU. So uh-huh. You'll see the weeping fig, Ficus benjamina, is a really, really common indoor tree, or the fiddle leaf fig. Um, but I like to bring in some more obscure ones. Rock fig is a particularly interesting one. There's this group of ficus that, in their natural environment, will grow their roots along rocks and around other trees, and they'll develop these really fine roots that encase them in a in a mesh of roots. And it's super interesting. So I like to bring in some of those kind of ficus, but. I basically treat them just the same as I do a leaf fig or a weeping fig,
2: the common one. Well, that just sounds fascinating. I love that because I, I am a big fan of unique and out of the ordinary. Um, and sometimes that gets me into trouble. Now, I I tend <laughs> to um, experiment more in the garden rather than indoors okay. um, simply because there are sprinkler systems outside rather than relying right. on me to water them indoors. Um, but that's great. So share with us what some of the benefits of having indoor plants are.
4: Oh, that's a long list.
2: Okay. We've got time. We've got an hour here. So
4: great. We've got plenty of time. I'm sure you've heard that indoor plants filter the air. Absolutely. That's where I'd like to start. That comes from a NASA study that was done a few years ago, Uh and they grabbed a selection of some really common house plants and put them in a small container and then analyze the, the contents of that container to see what these plants were extracting out of the air. Um, and they found that a lot of these plants will extract volatile organic compounds. Some specific ones will be benzene, trichloroethylene, formaldehyde. Um, and just part of their regular breathing life cycle, they'll take in these chemicals and remove them from the air. These are chemicals that are released from non-made products Mm-hmm. Um, that that evaporate into the air at room temperature.
2: None of which sound good for humans.
4: No, <laughs> <laughs> they're very synthetic. They're they're harmful, and so it's awesome to have something that that's a piece of decor and, and a hobby, but that also filters that for you. Fabulous. Beyond that, there have been a lot of studies recently about human interaction with greenery. Um, mm-hmm. And we found that plants improve focus. So that's what I think makes them so great for a workspace. They reduce stress. Uh, they even did a study that found that plants improve physical recovery from ailment. And they did this study where they compared patients recovering in a hospital room with a window where they could look out on greenery versus patients recovering in a room without a window. And they found that the patients who could look out into a green space recovered faster physically than patients without the window. Wow,
2: that is fascinating. Now I understand you have a, quite a large
4: personal collection <laughs> of house plants. At at the peak I had a collection of almost two hundred. Wow. Yeah. Which at that point it does become a big project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These days it's it's a bit smaller. It's in the double digit. Okay. Um but For Spriggs Plant Company, we do a lot of our own growing, so what I've been doing instead is is I nurture these ones that we grow until they're ready to sell and move on to a new home, and I like to consider those my temporary collection, always rotating.
2: That's a great way
4: to look at it. I love that.
2: Um, So, do you have a particular favorite?
4: Yeah, I, I see. I don't think I'm allowed to answer that at the time. <laughs>
2: you might hurt you might hurt one of their feelings, right? <laughs>
4: right. Your ficus that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ones and that's what I've found a particular interest in lately. Um, besides that I like this group of plant called aeroids. A lot of them are epiphytes and and in nature you would see them growing up tree trunks and rainforest and and I think it's fascinating to bring that kind of growth habit into an indoor environment.
3: Hmm. Chris, I was going to mention, yeah, my favorite houseplant is the one that's low maintenance that I can
4: keep alive Right is that- There we go, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing better than a healthy plant You're right.
2: <laughs> So what do you think it is, Chris, that, because um, I, I know I have um, quite a few millennials on my staff right now And uh-huh. um, this houseplant trend really resonates with them And Why yeah. do you think that is?
4: Well, millennials have been a bit slower than other generations to become homeowners. And we've, we've stuck to the apartment life for a while. And houseplants are something that you can bring really easy into your apartment. Mm-hmm. And more than that, they're, they're portable. Unlike the tree that you planted outside, you're not going to dig that up. But, but these are portable, and we, we take these plants with us everywhere. I've moved my houseplants up and down the valley, across state lines and back. They're, they're they're like our pets. We can take them everywhere with us, and and there's something really special about that.
2: They really are almost uh, a part of your family, right? Like right, like like pets in many ways. Right, right,
4: mm-hmm. right. right. Yeah. And with social media and everything, it, it's so easy to get inspired about houseplants. And I think that's been another big part of making houseplants a trend. Is it's so easy to get inspired, and once you start, it's hard to stop.
3: It sounded like you take your plants on vacation with you, is, is what I heard. Is, is a, is a, so I thought that was interesting. And, and speaking like their pets, I mean, do you, do you have names for your plants? Are there any in particular? Do you? I mean, is that
4: kind of the connection I, you have? There, there's a lot of people that do, and I don't, because once your collection is so large, I run out of names.
2: Well, and besides, <laughs> for those that he is nurturing to mm. sell, you know, you don't want to name them and then sell them. That would... They're right. really hard.
3: Yeah, they make it sad. Um,
2: so, let's talk about those who are who are maybe just getting ready to stick their toe into the house plant um, world. When it sure. when it comes to caring for house plants, what are the most important things that we want to consider before we we are purchasing a plant?
4: Right. Yeah. The first thing definitely is to consider: Do I have the right conditions for this plant? Okay. I would say, secondly, consider, do I like this plant? But first, do I have what it takes to grow this plant? Okay. A big part of that is lighting, and that depends on a lot of things, like the orientation of your window, mm-hmm. whether there's a tree or a shade structure outside, how close the plant is going to be to the window, uh, if you want to supplement it with, with a grow light or, or some kind of artificial light. But lighting is going to be a big limiting factor. Okay. Everything else is care, Um, So you can modify how much you water based on a plant, how much you fertilize based on a plant's need, but lighting is a key that will determine what is able to grow in that area.
2: And so would you say that for for most folks who have not been successful with indoor plants that probably they've not had the right lighting conditions if they've done everything else right?
4: Right. It's very easy to overestimate the amount of light that you get.
2: Um, I'm hoping my is- husband's listening to that,
3: <laughs>
4: just, just saying. I'm
2: just hoping he's he's paying attention here.
3: Um, well, I'm thinking, like, like, I was going to say, Chris, too, what about, like, temperature-wise? Because I know some people keep it freezing, you know what I mean? But some people keep it hot. I mean, is there a temperature right.
4: kind of area that you want to keep it in? In general, plants do their best best growth between 68 and 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So,
2: so I think most pretty- folks are going to keep their house... In that range.
4: In that range. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Even If, if you, you feel comfortable, your plant will feel comfortable. Mm, right. Okay.
2: So even if you let the temperature rise when you're away at work, you know, and come down when you come home, I think you'll still, for the most part, be within that range.
4: Okay. Right. That's good. Mm-hmm. Here's um, the store. I let it get up to 90 degrees. Okay. Um, when we're not here. And the plants are really happy with that. A lot of them are okay. tropical, so they're used to the heat. Okay.
2: So... Uh, For the novice plant owner who's just learning how to care for their new house plant, what sort of selection of plants would you suggest for them?
4: Sure. First, I would consider what type of novice you are. There are two types of beginners that I meet a lot. Okay. And the first novice is the person who doesn't pay a lot of attention to their plant. The second novice is the kind that overloved their plant. <laughs> 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 Regardless, we have something for you. But but it's understanding what you want to contribute to this plant. Um, so if, if someone's looking for a low-maintenance plant, I like to recommend something like a, a snake plant or a doozy plant. And these are plants that do fine in low light almost anywhere in your house, very little water. Um, you're looking once a week at most, but mm. some of these snake plants, they'll go... Months and months without requiring any water. Um, on the other hand, there's there's plants like ferns and calapias, and they like to stay moist. You can water that as much as you want, um, if if you enjoy that a lot, and they'll be happy
3: with that. Okay. I'm thinking another another one you don't water is a cactus. Is that a,
4: is right. That a plant, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right. right. okay. Now okay. here's the thing: cactus and succulents, all over the internet, are described as being the easy house plant it's really hard to get enough light for those plants indoors. Mm. I prefer to grow them outdoors, and especially in a climate like we have in Bakersfield, where they can be outside year-round really happy. Oh. Um, but, but I would encourage any novice to reach out to us, come into the store, talk to us, send us a DM, reach out to your houseplant, loving friends, because there's a lot of stuff like that on the Internet. I'll, I'll go on one day, and, and someone will recommend this plant for low light. And then the next day, someone recommends the same plant for Highlight. And I'm like, well, well, what are we trying to tell people here? So There's a lot of misinformation on the Internet, and it, it's hard to beat the experience that your plant-loving friends have.
2: That's that's a problem. And yet everybody thinks, oh, the Internet is the place that I go to get my information.
4: Right. <laughs> right. There is a lot of information. It's just not always accurate. But mm-hmm. but that's what we're here for, is to help you select something specific for your specific condition.
2: That's Great. Well, before we take a break, Chris, tell our listeners where they can find your shop and how to get in touch with you.
4: Absolutely. We are at 308 Chester Avenue, just about a mile south of downtown Bakersfield. The easiest way to reach us is on Instagram. We're at SpriggsPlanco, and you can shoot me personally a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Or you can give us a call. Our store number is 661 473-0267. Four seven three zero is a call and text line. So if you have any questions, you're welcome to reach us there.
2: Perfect. I think this is a great place for us to take a break. Everyone's going to want to stay tuned because I know Chris has got more tips and tricks on how to care for your houseplants, and I think we'll dive into how to style these houseplants too. Um, you are listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review. I'm your host, Lori McCarty, here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back after this short break. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less, just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to TheMcCartyGroup.com and start packing.
3: You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661 661- Six six five seven six five three, or go online to com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday mornings. And right now we're visiting with Chris Botts of Spriggs Plant Company regarding houseplants. And Chris, can you tell our listeners again how they can get in touch with you?
4: Absolutely. You can reach us on Instagram or Facebook at Spriggs Plant Co. You're welcome to send me personally a DM on there. Or you can call our store at 661-473-0267.
3: And what are the hours and days of operation, too, just in case someone wants to pop in?
4: Absolutely. We are open Thursday through Sunday, 10 to 3, Thursday, Friday, and 10 to 5 on Saturdays and Sundays. Perfect.
2: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, Chris, before our break, we were talking about uh, the easiest plants for the novice. Um, Yes. I understand that some plants are more difficult to care for and and can necessitate a steeper learning curve. Right. So what plants would you suggest to those that are looking for more of a challenge when it comes to seeing their houseplants thrive? Maybe those that are, you know, into houseplants, you know, 201 instead of
4: 101. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. A lot of the more uncommon ones are, are a little more difficult because they have more requirements. Okay. Um, the biggest one is lighting. They'll need bright light. At, at this point, a lot of us like to bring in artificial grow light. Okay. Um, which I do encourage people to do. LED technology has come really far. So mm-hmm. these grow lights that you'll see now are very, very low energy usage. The light color coming out of them, it's not that, that pink hue that you used to see okay. five, ten years ago. There. They, they match the wavelengths of the sun. So you get a very natural, warm, soothing kind of light out of them. Great. Um, but it enables you to grow a whole new host of plants. Besides that, you'll find that some plants really lack like a lot of humidity. Um, so one trend that you might see is the IKEA greenhouse, where okay. people will take a, a long, tall IKEA cabinet, mm-hmm. put some grow lights in it, a little humidifier, and then put a really nice selection of of uncommon plants to showcase Um, but you have that little controlled environment where you can provide all these conditions to grow the next level of plants that wouldn't quite thrive um, without
2: without that control. So I have a question Um, being very decor conscious have they made grow lights um, look more attractive than they did in the past.
4: Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My personal favorite is, uh, we sell these in store there, but they're a, a spotlight, basically. Okay. You screw them into a standard light socket. Okay. So, um, so you can use any them in light. Just so, they can, so they can grow all kinds of things. <laughs> but, uh-huh. but I like to get a, a aesthetic cord uh-huh. and then use these as a spotlight. Oh, and fantastic. And they, they come off a really warm light. And they just they shine that spotlight right under a plant, and and what it does is it serves to to really highlight that plant. But oh. but the light itself is is it, it almost just looks like a standard light bulb.
2: Oh, that's great! So you could pretty much use just about any fixture, just using right. that bulb, right?
4: Yeah. Oh, I love and that. There's there's larger ones that I like to hang mm-hmm. for a, a, a large plant, a really big statement piece. There's really small ones that plug right into a desk lamp if you wanted to have a little something on your desk. On a desk that might not be near a window. Okay. Um, So then you can shine that right on the plant. And and it illuminates your desk but also provides the plant with what it needs.
2: That's great. Yeah, really, I can tell that that this genre has come a long ways.
4: um, It has, yes. Technology is amazing. That's
2: great. (laughs) So are there any considerations that pet owners or parents with young children should consider when they're purchasing houseplants?
4: Are there- yeah, absolutely. Okay. A lot of houseplants are tropicals, and they do have compounds in them that are toxic. Ah, um, okay. or calcium oxalate. Um, so, you, you don't really want your pets or your children munching on these.
2: No, of course not. So, okay. what should we stay away from?
4: My best resource is the ASPCA website. And what you can do is if you have a plant you like, Google ASPCA, this plant name, and toxic. Okay. The first thing that will pop up on Google is a page from the ASPCA, and that will tell you if this is toxic to cats, dogs, horses, if that's something you need to know. Um, Or come in and talk to us or or another professional, and we can help you select some that are are non poisonous But the ASPCA website is super easy to use, super easy to access, and I encourage anyone to just pop on there real quick just to just to check the toxicity because if you have something that's toxic it it doesn't mean you shouldn't have it but it does mean keep that out of reach of your pets. that's a plant that'll do better on a shelf right um, in a room where your pets don't go
2: right okay makes perfect sense now earlier you mentioned um that you have aquatic plants
4: tell us about those yeah we have aquatic plants these Live entirely underwater, completely submerged, they're really happy like that. Which is, is kind of hard to understand once you've overwatered a houseplant and killed it from too much water. <laughs> but yeah, they love that. Completely submerged in water, that's their lifestyle. These are really great for fish tanks. Ah, um, okay. alternatively people like to do like a shrimp tank or even just a planted aquarium with no fish. Huh. But what mm-hmm. I find really fascinating about these is in your aquarium, you're basically developing the entire ecosystem. You get to watch the whole ecosystem, the plants which filter the carbon dioxide and the and the oxygen, uh, the bacteria which live in the substrate, fish, if you have them, which take in the oxygen from the plant and contribute nutrients back to to the plant's roots. Wow.
2: There's so much more that goes into it than I ever really realized.
4: There is, there is. It's just fascinating to watch the whole, the whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, they're a whole different world of plants too. Very different to care for than house plants, but rewarding in its own way.
2: Right, right. Well, you know, I, I always love decorating with plants, um, and I think that they really help elevate a space. Um, yeah. Do you have any tips for decorating with plants and arranging them within your home?
4: Sure. First, I would say consider the size of the plant. Some of these are slow growers, but some of them are quick growers. So, so consider the size of the plant and where you're going to place it because you don't want to, this plant to outgrow the space and then you have to move it in, in a few months. Right. Um, consider the size of the plant. Consider your space. And also really utilize the, the equipment. Um, so one thing I like to do is put a shelf up and put a bunch of postos, philodendrons, and these hanging plants and you can mount those at the, at the top of a wall and let them cascade down. And they'll, they'll make a whole green wall cascading. Wow.
2: That's a great um, idea.
4: Trees make a really nice floor plant, um, straight on the floor, big statement piece. Um, the larger plants, I would say, are a little more relaxing to the eye. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're looking for an area of your house to be a little more visually stimulating, you might have a shelf with a collection of small plants. Okay. Something that your eyes will bounce from plant to plant, from color to color, and contrast leaf textures. Right. Um, versus uh, an area where you want a little more um, visual calmness, a large plant works really well.
3: Okay. What about like?
4: Oh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, plant stands are another great way. Like, don't forget to elevate your plants with with plant stands mm-hmm. um, to give them a little extra height. Decorative pots really finish the space and and make it look just a. A little nicer than than them in a plastic
3: pot. Mm-hmm. Chris, one thing I was going to ask too about you—you you mentioned visually appealing. What about like I know Lori's <laughs> accused me of being nose-blind. blind. <laughs> Something <I'm> like—is <laughs> there like a, a fragrant plant? Obviously flowers, but is there is there is there suggestions to kind of make the place smell nice
4: as well? A lot of the house plants don't have a particularly strong fragrance because, like you said, it'll it'll be flowers and and your herbs. Mm. Um, so one thing you could do, especially with, with grow lights, they have these herb kits where it's a little grow light and you can grow fresh herbs underneath, which are great for cooking, but also for fragrance. rice.
3: Okay, okay.
2: Well, and you mentioned you. The, um, the type of pot that you have the plant in. I think that's incredibly important, not only for the plant's well-being, but also for the aesthetics. Um, right. Um, I assume that... You all sell pots as well there in the store. We do. Okay, great. Um, Is there anything unique um, that you all have used or that you've seen uh, in terms of different ways to style houseplants?
4: Um, I I like living walls. I think it's kind of my go-to for a unique piece. Okay. Um, We have one in the store if anyone's curious what this would look like. And I've I think seen you can it. See pictures it's Google. gorgeous. You Google our store. Yeah. And it's a, it's a planted wall. Mm-hmm. It's a, basically a big fabric piece with a bunch of pockets, and every single pocket has a plant in it. And, and so this is, it's, it's truly a living wall. But another way that I see this kind of effect being achieved is with a moss wall. Um, and these are, we, we've custom made these before. They're preserved moss, so they're not living. They don't require maintenance. But you'll get the colors and kind of the the natural vibes of, of having a live plant wall, But it, it's all moss, and it, it's really a, a neat effect.
2: That sounds fascinating. I haven't seen that before, so that's that's interesting.
4: It's almost like a cross between a, an art piece and a live plant. Wow. It's, it's really a cool piece.
2: Very neat. Very neat. So let me ask you... Um, has I, I imagine it has, but has taking care of plants taught you uh, anything insightful?
4: Yeah, I, I think the thing that's so amazing about plants is is that they're they alive, and a lot mm-hmm. of people use them as decor, and they're a great piece of decor. But but they're not just a static piece of decor. Right, they're alive. They're constantly growing and changing. The, the unfortunate part of that life cycle is that sometimes a leaf will get damaged. Sometimes there will be a yellow leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the life cycle. And so what it's really taught me is to, to appreciate the plant as a living thing and not for the picture that I have in my head, not for the picture of this plant on the Internet, but to see it for what it is one day and then for what it is the next day as a, as a whole new thing. It's, it's changed. It's grown. It's developed.
2: That's beautiful um, i I really like that, Chris. What about for the person that says they they don't have a green thumb in fact their their thumb is as brown as it gets um, and they they think that faux plants are their only option. What would you tell them?
4: I would tell them they're wrong first, nicely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's definitely a learning curve to plants.
2: Okay. Um,
4: and, and one thing that I've experienced, which is kind of funny, is is outdoor gardeners who have the most beautiful gardens. A lot of them feel uncomfortable with indoor plants uh-huh. because it's just, it's different. It's so different. Right. And, and it's just part of that learning curve. Okay. And so that's something that we really try to do is provide guidance so that you can build up your confidence. We'll start you with something easy. We'll tell you what exactly you need to grow. We can help diagnose any problems that are going wrong. But I would say come to us and ask us. Help us let us help you pick something to start with. Okay. And slowly build your confidence. Because there is something that'll work for everyone. And it's just it's a matter of, of that steep learning curve. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you'll have learned it and, and something will flip and you can you can grow anything you want but it just takes a minute
2: sometimes. Well, that's great advice because I know there's nothing more frustrating than to be given um, a plant and, um, you know, you you read the directions, you think you're following everything precisely, and right. one day you come home from work and you look at it and it just looks so sad. It's dropped all of its leaves. <laughs> oh. You think, Oh, it doesn't love me anymore. What did I do wrong? <laughs> and uh, you know, and it's it is it's disheartening when you can like i said i'm I'm pretty good outdoors because there's a sprinkler system. Um, not so good indoors because I have to remember to um you know make sure that it gets plenty of light and plenty of water. Um, so, I, you know, for those out there who have gone through that same thing of coming home and thinking that their plants don't love them anymore, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah.
3: I I've, <laughs> I've felt that. Hey, and, and uh, Chris, I actually have a couple questions speaking of things like that. Because I, I, we've tried the, every spring, we try to get the seeds, mm. get a little, get a little on the windowsill, get your little pot of dirt, right. and watch it grow. And then it grows, you know, and it's amazing to see it kind of come out of the ground. Right, but then from then on, it's kind of like oh boy, it's it's a challenge, and 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 things kind of yeah. fade away. I mean, is there any advice just kind of starting from a seed, or is there a preference, or
4: what do you think? The thing I, I I like to tell people is that the brightest brightest spots indoors are typically darker than the darkest darkest spots outdoors. Oh, so oh, interesting. Starting okay. seeds indoors is great because these seeds aren't exposed to the the summer weather, they they have, have much more comfortable temperatures and, and water management and something outdoors. But it's really hard for them to get enough light indoors. Oh, uh, okay. So okay. Interesting. I like to let them, them sprout, give them a few, few days, and then start transitioning them outdoors. And so that for me, that means a couple hours a day in the pool shade for a week, and then they're ready to live outdoors permanently. And then oh, I can transition okay. them into a really sunny spot. But they, they don't do very well for very long indoors just because it, it's dark. You, you need a special kind of plant for
3: indoors. Interesting. Okay. okay. That makes complete sense. It really does. Here's another question, too. My mom's trying to do the avocado seed thing with the toothpicks. Oh, yeah. Has that ever worked for anybody?
4: <laughs> Have you seen that? It, it, yeah. It, they're super fun. It works for a lot of people for okay. a small amount of time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> for a small amount of time. there we Yeah, go. you see some roots kind of
3: developing and then, okay, I'm going to the story with an avocado.
4: <laughs> right. There's, um, I don't know if you've, you've seen on, on social media, like propagation jars, and, and a lot of us like to take cuttings of our plants and put them in a cute little jar and let them root in the water. Something that I like to do is I like to take cuttings and let them root in the water. I don't necessarily need to plant them. I think it's, it's kind of a cool experience to watch them root and to just see them grow in a little glass container. And that's how I like to treat that kind of avocado situation also. I don't necessarily need it to be a full avocado tree in the long term, but it's fun to watch it sprout and, and live indoors for a little while and see it root and have a few leaves. That's
3: Yeah, that's a, that's really cool. What was the name of that jar again, too, by the way? Uh, propagation jar. Propagation. Okay, okay. I wanna and you all
2: sell those, don't you? We
3: do, yes. Oh, very cool, very cool. And and if we have time, my last story to share. Go right. M- here. My son, he's ten. Venus flytrap. He's just <laughs> yeah. amazed by these things. So we got one at the Walmart or wherever it was. Uh, but it died, and and it does. I mean, you, you know, we're sitting around waiting for it to catch flies. Yeah. But I don't think that's the idea. You just kind of <laughs> have to have to put it out there, and just. Uh, hopefully someday it gets one because it comes in like a cylinder, a plastic clear cylinder. Right. I do. Do we need to kind of replant pretty quickly?
4: They're actually okay in a small in a small pot. They okay. don't really need that dome that you buy them in a lot of the time. Oh. They don't really need that humidity. Venus flytraps, a majority of them, are native to the southeast U.S. and mm. they live okay. in these really swampy marshes. And so that's the perspective I like to have with them. They they like a, they like to live in a swamp. So I keep them constantly moist. I keep them in a plastic saucer filled with water so that they have a readily available supply of water always.
3: Okay, perfect. Yeah, because I'm like, you know what? I mean, we're not watering this enough. We put the tray underneath, and I felt like I was dumping water. But then I'm like, am I overwatering it? What's going on? And it looked kind of rough. But you sell those too, right?
4: right yep. <laughs> okay. yeah that's been the secret for me try and treat it like it's in a swamp
3: okay that's good that's good because we he just sits there and is like come on he'll even bring it to the flies you know, <laughs> out in the backyard and i'm like yeah i think you just kind of gotta let it sit there and, and give it time and
2: he's just waiting for it to open and grab one just, right?
3: <laughs> yeah he's too, into, too much into the nature watching the alligators and then whatever is on the nature channel it's like let the let the Venus flytrap do its thing. You just gotta wait. You gotta be patient. And he's a ten year old, so yeah.
4: Right. What do you expect? Carniv- Venus flytraps in particular are are tricky. There's some other carnivorous plants that I find a little bit easier. One of those being the pitcher plant Nepenthes. These ones have big hanging pitchers. And what I really love about them is is after the pitchers developed, I give it like a couple weeks. And then I like to hold the pitcher up to the light. And you'll see the bottom 20% of the pitcher will be a really dark, mushy color. Huh. And that's all the gnats. They catch a lot of gnats. It's all the Ooh. gnats that this plant has caught and it's decomposing.
3: All right. all right. Well, we, that we, is
2: he, fascinating. I he, may have to go get one of those <laughs> yeah, just to watch totally that.
3: <laughs> is, hey, is there a plant that eats mosquitoes?
4: Oh, that would be...
3: <laughs> that's what we need actually, to
4: find out. Yeah, there there are. Perfect for Bakersfield. Um, there's a carnivorous plant called the sundew, and mosquitoes are their primary source of protein.
3: Oh, that's great. Because yeah, we're, you know, the mosquito's primary source of protein. So Absolutely. Up all the time. <laughs> I like this plant already. Oh, my goodness. I'm gonna, you have them there, too, huh? Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's oh,
4: amazing.
3: Oh, that's
2: great. Oh. <sighs> Well, guys, I am looking at the clock, and unfortunately, it looks like our time is up. You know, this show always goes by way too quickly when we're covering a fun topic like this. Chris, I can't thank you so much for telling us all about house houseplants. Um, folks, if you didn't jot down his information, grab a pen. Tell us one more time how people can reach you.
4: Absolutely. On Instagram or Facebook at Spriggs Plant Co. It's S-P-R-I-G-S, Plant Co., or give us a call or text at 661-473-0267. The store is located off of Chester through 8 Chester Avenue. We're at the intersection of Chester and 3rd Street.
2: I'm sure you'll see Adelaide and I there (laughs) in the
4: next week. I would love to. Perfect.
2: (laughs) Um, again thank you so much this has been a great fun topic we have really enjoyed it and i don't know about you guys but i have certainly learned a lot Um, i want to thank everyone for listening this morning and wish you and yours a wonderful rest of the day and a fantastic week ahead hopefully we've given you some knowledge about This fun topic and provided a little more clarity into the world of real estate. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Sunday at 8 a.m. just before Sean Hannity, who's coming up next. If by chance you missed an episode of the show or know someone who should be hearing this information but who just doesn't get up quite early enough on a Sunday morning, no worries, we've got you covered. You can now hear this episode and others wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review and you can listen over and over. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll see you next week.
1: Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to, or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD. Online, themccartygroup.com. That's the themccartygroup.com. Go there, and you can start packing. The times we're living in are
0: unparalleled. And it's affected all of us. It's made us feel uneasy and alone. Americans who need to sell their home or have to move and buy a new home are experiencing tremendous stress right now. And I know it's scary and overwhelming, but there is a solution. I'm fortunate to work with some of the top agents in America, agents who are going to tell you the truth, who will give you the best advice that's right for you. Right now, you need to work with an agent that can bring solutions for you you have the help of somebody that can help you really make an informed decision. Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group at Caldwell Banker You may want to take a cash offer or maybe it's time to upgrade your home and get it ready to sell in the summer Maybe you should just hold tight and refinance You do have options and you deserve to work with a great agent who does business with the highest integrity. Call Lori McCarty at 665-SOLD or online at themccartygroup.com That's the themccartygroup.com